Welcome back. And GMA Out Loud celebrating Pride all month long. And this morning, RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars, Season 8 frontrunner, that would be Miss Candy Muse, is making a pit stop here at GMA to tell us all about the sickening new season. Yeah, sickening is right. Sickening, they said. This is Good Morning America, and it is sickening. Now, apparently, they mean sickening in a good way. I have not gotten the memo on that. Uh, look, this drag, transgender stuff. Um, the drag thing might have been interesting for two minutes when it was on uh, Friday night and downtown and adults only. But let's face it, they're going after kids. And I think this needs to be said that... Uh, Drag queens are not talented. No way. Take a look. For example, uh, is there any talent here whatsoever? What are we looking at, right? Nothing. Uh, anybody in the world can do that. Uh, there's no dancing here of any <laughs> technical skill or anything. It's just moping around and being, quite frankly, gross and a little bit perverted. And, yeah, involving the kids. It is insane. It's uh, somehow controversial, though, for us to have these conversations. Can you believe that? Right now it's Pride Month, okay? It's, it's everywhere. And it's totally sanctioned by corporate America, academia, government. Try bringing up Christianity in the middle of all this. Try having a discussion about faith. Maybe at the workplace. Maybe out in public somewhere. Maybe at school. You will be treated... Uh, Quite frankly, like they should probably be treated. <laughs> it's insane this moment. It makes absolutely no sense. But here we are. This is somehow condemned. And this is beautiful. Wow. But there's hope on the way. I'll get to that in a moment. First, though, one of my favorite spots in New York. If you haven't been to New York, maybe you've been there. Rockefeller Center. Forget the fake news. NBC. That's where their headquarters is. They got this beautiful plaza. And the flags of the world uh, all around the ice skating rink. Now, what does it look like? Uh, yeah, it is a gay parade 24-7, uh, uh, I guess, for at least the month of uh, June. And our friend Brandon Strock, great guy, a total MAGA dude. Pride used to be about demonstrating against oppression. I now feel oppressed by pride. Brandon happens to be, well, a gay person. And he thinks it's over the top. And it is. And why is it over the top? Because we understand that they are ultimately going for children here. All right. So much of this is geared toward kids. The opposition, they think we're being silly. We're not. But they love to just say we're uncool and somehow out of it and fear mongering. They nearly lost their mind, lost their minds over the sale of pride flags on kids clothing and the fit of some swimwear. That's what's animated these right-wing boycotts. The Republican Party knows that their base likes to be afraid. And so they do crime. They do, you know, you could be turned gay by going to a drag show. Shutting down drag shows and taking medically necessary health care away from children. It is all just noise. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is real. When they come for kids, we do get angry, of course. And what do they call it? Uh, medically affirming care? Puberty blockers? 
this is complete and total insanity, especially when every aspect of society is involved, including the Attorney General of New York State, Letitia James, who has been busy hassling uh, Donald Trump over nonsense. Yes, recently featured Drag Time Story Hour. What the hell would the Attorney General be doing hanging around with kids and drag queens? But it actually is happening. This is the the new normal, we can't let it become the new normal. This is sacrilege. This is awful. We know it. I think deep down they know it. And it's everywhere. You saw that crazy character at Disney. Disney, who is this person? Uh, two years ago, this individual would have been arrested in this kind of situation. Now, the full and complete confidence of the CEO of Disney. Uh, it's really, really bad. We know it. However, here's the hope I was talking about. Who's ever heard of Matt Walsh? He is a conservative guy with a podcast, and he's very active with The Daily Wire and a bunch of other places. He has this amazing new movie that you can see for free. It's called What is a Woman? Would seem like a pretty easy question. It's an hour and a half documentary, and uh, it's entertaining. It's necessary. It's thought-provoking. And take a look. What is a woman? Why do you ask that question? I just really like to know. What do you think the answer to that question is? Well, I'm, I'm asking. That's why I came to a college professor who, who's, this is your, this is what you do. <laughs> Basic questions they can't answer because the answer, well, look, he puts their own junk science right in front of them and tries to get them to defend it. And it's fascinating, and ultimately, this is a very, very helpful conversation that America needs to be having. Next clip, please. One of the drugs used is Lupron, right, which mm -hmm. has actually been used to chemically castrate sex offenders? You know what? I'm not sure that we should continue with this interview because it seems like it's going in a particular direction. Well, you're a medical professional. I am a medical professional. So you don't want to talk about the drugs that you give to kids or... Again, I'm a physician and I use medication. You're choosing exploitive words, drugs I give to I'm, kids. I'm choosing a chemical word that was in a dictionary. That's not a correct term for puberty blocking. I, I, mean, I could like, look it up on my phone, but I'm pretty sure if I looked it up. Like, you, you can look it up on your phone. It says medical definition, the administration of a drug to bring about a marked reduction in the body's production of androgens and especially testosterone. He's spot on every step of the way. Um, and he's full of compassion as well. He meets a transgender man, meaning a biological man who became a man, and the person regrets it and talks about their story. And uh, it's really moving. Tell me about the procedures that you, you had. I've had seven surgeries. I've had one stress heart attack. I've had a helicopter life ride uh, with pulmonary embolism. I've had uh, 17 rounds of antibiotics. I had six inches of hair on the inside of my urethra for 17 months. Nobody would help me, including the doctor that did this to me because I lost my insurance. I get infections every three to four months. I'm probably not going to live very long. You know, in this entire conversation about uh, gender, and I've never heard anybody talk about the side effects of a sex change operation. This is important. 
We need to hear this stuff. This is not hate speech. Oh, by the way, though, all kinds of warnings on this film. I would never advocate anything that contained hate speech or anything like that. Yeah, this is uh, they tried to shut down this movie, but it's not working. Every American needs to see it. And actually, almost every American has 174 million views so far. That's up like 125 million views, I think, over the past three days. It is so worth your while because, let's face it, this is indefensible. We can't have this. This is insane. Everybody knows it. And it's making us stupid. It's making us more vulnerable to China. Think they're dealing with this stuff? No way. The version that's served to Chinese consumers, called Douyin, is very different from the one available in the West. In their version of TikTok, if you're under 14 years old, they show you science experiments you can do at home, museum exhibits, patriotism videos, and educational videos. And they also limit it to only 40 minutes per day. Now, they don't ship that version of TikTok to the rest of the world. There's a survey of preteens in the US and China asking what is the most aspirational career that you want to have. And the US, the number one was influencer. Social media influencer. And in China, the number one was astronaut. Wow. TikTok, oh, by the way, being like the primary forum for transgender recruitment in the world right now, we don't have time for this stuff. And you know what? It's showing. It is. Who likes Apple? Apple products. You know about Apple? They just came out with a new product today. Uh, it's going to be available early next year. Some sort of virtual reality goggles. So far, I'm not impressed. They look a lot like the Oculus that came out all the way back in 2012. I'm sure there are all kinds of advances, but um, look at the iPad. The iPad came out in 2010. 2010. Uh, the iPad today is a lot like the iPad back then. Uh, check out the iPhone over the years. It's just they're getting uh, they're not even getting smaller i guess they're getting faster more gigabytes microns whatever is this is this technology on the rise i don't know it looks kind of lame to me oh yeah the ipads has more megapixels congratulations meanwhile china they're not screwing around they're very very serious and it looks like they're itching for a fight with us you saw this over the weekend that's a chinese ship warship seems like it's deliberately provoking an American warship uh, not too far off the coast of China, but definitely in international waters. What's happening here? They're, I guess, trying to establish their dominance. They're doing it on the sea. They're doing it in the air. Last week, we saw this plane do that flyby of an American spy plane. An admiral of the U.S. Navy predicted a few months ago that uh, we're probably going to be at war with China sometime in 2025. That's going to be here real quick. And of course, our favorite Gordon Shang, he's been raising the alarm. Have you seen some of his tweets? He continues, pray for your community, pray for your country, pray for humanity. Uh, the more Biden signals a desire to cooperate with China, the more China engages in provocative acts. In short, we are in an exceedingly dangerous situation. All our options, especially our well-intentioned attempts to defuse the situation, can result in war. One more, please. China's regime is implementing extraordinary measures to go to war. So why are we not implementing extraordinary measures to defend ourselves? Yes, 
Gordon Chang. He's going to be joining us in a little bit. This is, I think, probably the most important analyst in America right now. I think that a war in Asia on the first day will be fought on American soil because we'll have Chinese saboteurs. They'll be going after our grid, going after our reservoirs, you know, detonating bombs in shopping centers. C is getting Chinese society, both civilian and military, ready for war. He is mobilizing China's civilians, Chinese industry, Chinese agriculture, and we could be at war at any time. How about that? And why does Joe Biden seem to be rolling over and not doing much about it? Could it be that he's compromised? Remember this famous trip? He went to China with his son, Hunter, and granddaughter. Why? Well, could this have been part of the reason? Hunter, by his own admission, arranged for a meeting with his father, the then vice president, with some Chinese businessman who had ties to the Communist Party. That is very, very suspicious and the FBI may very well have receipts. You know, there are allegations that Joe Biden was receiving bribes as the vice president of the United States from foreign uh, entities. James Comer visited the FBI today, chair of the House Oversight Committee. At the briefing, the FBI again refused to hand over the unclassified record to the custody of the House Oversight Committee. And we will now initiate contempt of Congress hearings this Thursday. Those documents are ours and our elected representatives must have them. The FBI bending over backwards to protect the Bidens. I don't think it's going to work in the end. Congresswoman Nancy Mace. If these allegations, any of these allegations are proven true, then someone with the last name Biden needs to be charged prosecuted, maybe spend a little time in prison to take to account and responsible for the actions they've taken today. Really is astounding that the swamp protects Joe Biden to the extent that they do with the help of the media. I mean, why do they care so much about this guy? Why are they trying to prop him up? Is it that they hate Trump that much? You know about the fall at the Air Force Academy last week? I mean, man, he went down. It was bad. And this was not the first time. And it's a major, major thing when a president who's 80 years old falls, as he has fallen many, many times, you got to talk about it. You got to report it. You got to figure out what are the implications, the ramifications. I mean, and oh, by the way, it's just a good story. Sorry, but it is. Those big political talk shows on the major networks, what did they do with this? Face the Nation did not even bring it up. Yesterday, did not bring it up. A Week in Review show did not bring it up. Fox News Sunday. <laughs> Could it get around to it? No. President Biden falls, almost breaks his head. Meet the press. Meet the press. Zero mentions. But they know that powerful people are talking about it. They're talking about it. Look at this in the New York Times today, uh, reported as follows, that big-time Democrats, unease about Mr. Biden's age, suffuses Democratic circles. One prominent Wall Street Democrat noted that among party donors, it was all anyone was talking about it. But somehow, they don't share it with you and me on television. They think we're not going to notice. They think we're dumb. They have no respect for us, actually. And uh, whatever. It's mutual. I have a personal announcement. Well, today is not my final show. This is going to be my final summer here at Meet the Press. Uh, he's leaving. I can't stand it when you get to announce your departure from a job 
three months from now, right? Or a university president, I will be departing at the end of the next academic year. Most people, their lives aren't like that, right? Two weeks notice if they're lucky. Uh, it doesn't work this way. But this man just ignored the biggest political story of the week, maybe the second biggest after the debt ceiling stuff, right? It's big. And listen to him lecture. So I leave feeling concerned about this moment in history, but reassured by the standards we've set here. We didn't tolerate propagandists, and this network and program never will. But it doesn't mean sticking your head in the sand either. If you ignore reality, you'll miss the big story. The gall of this guy. He just finished his show where they didn't talk about Joe Biden falling down. I mean, potentially putting the United States at risk, actually just falling down, put the United States at risk. Zero mentions, again, zero mentions on the on that program. And they tell us that they know the truth. They tell us that there were no problems with the 2020 election. And if you think so, you're an election denier or a conspiracy theorist that COVID actually came from that Chinese delicatessen. Anyway, who's next on the Meet the Press show? Ooh, it's this individual, Kristen Welker, uh, made famous potentially by throwing the 2020 debate to Joe Biden. China. Let's talk about China more broadly. There's a very strong email talking about your family wanting to make $10 million a year for introductions. President Trump, on China policy, though, what specifically are you going to do? What specifically are you going to do to make China pay? They left us a mess. And Obama would be, I think, the first to say it was the single biggest problem he thought that our country. Okay, let's move on to American families and the economy. He lived there for a short period of time before he even knew it. We're going to move on to the next question. And the people of Pennsylvania will show you that. Let me move on to my next question, gentlemen. As of tonight, more than 12 million people are out of work. And as of tonight, 8 million more Americans have fallen into poverty. Back to the economy, back to the economy that Donald Trump, you are responsible for. You see the direction they're going, right? But I think this was the worst moment in the history of possible uh, broadcast journalism. He starts to get some real punches in about Joe Biden's corruption. And watch what happens next. Let me ask some follow me. Please respond. If and then this we're going to have stuff follow-up is true questions. about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq. If this is true then he's a corrupt politician. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. Nobody. President Trump, I want to stay on the issue of race. We're talking about the issue. President Trump, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. The laptop. Can't talk about the laptop. You can talk about George Floyd, right? Wow. Meet the press. A new face of Meet the Press. Thank you. I'd rather not meet the press. I'll be right back. Heard of Chat GPT, artificial intelligence, and how we should be very, very scared. And uh, oh, by the way, it's horribly biased, uh, has a liberal bias. Well, it is taking over some jobs. Uh, let's see. In the recent jobs report, AI eliminated nearly 4,000 jobs in May. Now, however, I'm not so sure that this thing is as liberal as I've been told. I've been trying it out, all right? I've been asking it various questions, and it's actually it's actually kind of fun. I tried it a month ago, and it was liberal, and now, not so much. So I asked it a question. I said, look, I'm a pro-Trump guy, and I had to give a speech about media bias against Trump. 
and it wrote up a very beautiful speech for me. It said, President Trump was a fierce advocate for border security, recognizing the importance of protecting our national sovereignty. He fought to reform our broken immigration system, ensuring the safety and well-being of American citizens. However, his efforts were often met with resistance, mischaracterization, and attempts to label him as a racist or xenophobe. This is Chad GBT. It's words, artificial intelligence. And then it goes on to say, it is truly disheartening to witness the selective reporting and bias in the media that perpetuated a negative image of President Trump. His accomplishments were overshadowed, while his every misstep was magnified and exaggerated. This is not the fair and objective journalism that we as a society deserve. ChatGPT, artificial intelligence. Wow. It's very easy to download one of these uh, accounts. I know I still have my misgivings, but I have fewer than a month ago when this thing was hideously biased against conservatives uh, like this guy. Oh, by the way, it points to a set of activities that are beyond just one person, potentially that it was not just Donald Trump who engaged in this potentially illegal activity, but that he worked with others. Did he see Trump taking material out? Did he have any sort of conversation with Evan Corcoran where he told him, don't worry about it. It's only the basement stuff. There's potentially a standalone obstruction charge. All right. This convoluted nonsense from Peter Strzok, who should be in jail. He was the FBI agent who concocted this whole crossfire hurricane uh, campaign, vendetta against Donald Trump. Durham did not have the guts to recommend criminal charges against him. And I think, quite frankly, right here is evidence that lands Peter Strzok in jail. That crazy text exchange he had with Lisa Page. Trump's not ever going to become president, right? Right? No. No, he won't. We will stop it. And man... Did he try to stop it? And so did, well, all of the FBI. James Comey, the director, this guy. He realized he's out there selling a book right now. And I think he's, since nobody was punished over Crossfire Hurricane and the Mueller situation, nobody was held to account. So they're going to try it again. And maybe he's already admitting as much. You were a Republican most of your life, uh, but voted for, and you may still consider yourself one, but voted for Biden in 2020. Do you intend to vote for him again, or is there anyone on the Republican side you might consider if it's not Trump? It has to be Joe Biden, and, and I'm glad he's willing to serve. The president must be someone who abides the law and our Constitution, and there's no one else but Joe Biden. That kind of absolutism is scary. It has to be Joe Biden. What kind of quarters will the FBI cut this time to make sure that that happens? I know he's not at the FBI anymore, but he's definitely part of the swamp. There's more of this. You said that Trump poses a near existential threat to the rule of law. Well, you and I both know who will say this privately about what a second term could mean. But tell me a little bit about the specifics of what he could try to do. What do you mean by that? Well, think about what four years of a retribution presidency might look like. He could order the investigation and prosecution of individuals who he sees as enemies. Our Constitution really does give a rogue president, which is what this would be, tremendous power to destroy. And so that's why I'm trying to warn people, given the way he said he intends to operate if he's reelected, this will be something we could never have imagined. Again, it seems like science fiction in a way, 
but it's what another four years of Donald Trump really promises. Um, retribution for him, perhaps. His life might be turned upside down, and he deserves it. Isn't that interesting? That was Jen Psaki, the first press secretary. Two liars having a little chit-chat. The FBI building is still named for J. Edgar Hoover. Can anybody explain that to me? All right, still. Uh, oh, famous spy Robert Hansen died today in prison at the age of 79. One of hundreds of... Uh, Horrible catastrophes that have afflicted the Federal Bureau of Investigation. He was a top-level FBI uh, executive, and he was giving the names of our informants to, well, the Soviets. And the Soviets, was they were killing those informants. He's responsible for a lot of deaths. Robert Hansen, dead at the age of 79. All right, now this. Chris Sununu, the governor of New Hampshire, will not be running for president in 2024. He wrote a, an op-ed for the Washington Post. His chums there at the Washington Post. He's not going to do it. Wants to stop Trump. Trump must be stopped. Um, wow. What would that have been like watching Chris Sununu on the debate stage? He was really looking forward to that, Mom. Are you, are you any closer to making a decision about whether or not you're going to run for president than last time I asked? Well, I guess we're, we're a few days closer, right? I, I know I probably, you know, all of us have to make some sort of decision uh, as we hit the summer months. Uh, I, I'd love to be in a debate if, if we actually go down that path. I just think that'd be really fun to kind of get on stage with some of my friends and, and really have it out and talk about real issues, not just headlines and political stunts and all that, and kind of put each other on the line. I think he made a good decision not running for president, don't you, with all of his friends and all that kind of stuff and your Cub Scout buddies? Well, all right, now this. The WHO, you heard that North Korea was allowed into the executive committee and Donald Trump put out a tweet. Congratulations to Kim Jong-un because North Korea was allowed into the executive uh, committee of the World Health Organization. Now, this was a slam of the World Health Organization, all right? I mean, he may have to work with Kim Jong-un again someday. So it works. I get it. You get it. Watch what those amateur candidates thought of this, though. Whether it's my former running mate or anyone else, no one should be praising the dictator in North Korea. I was surprised to see that. I mean, I think, one, Kim Jong-un is a murderous dictator. We need to be getting out of that and rejecting the WHO lockdown treaty um, and not congratulating about being involved in the WHO. There's nothing good or decent about Kim Jong-un. There's no reason we should ever congratulate the fact that they are now vice chair of the World Health Organization. I understand that. We all understand that. But Trump understands it at a higher level. He especially understands the uh, World Health Organization. There he is with Kim Jong-un. This is somebody he knows. This is somebody he may have to work with again. And I do think it's better to be on speaking terms with these people, no matter how monstrous and evil they are. They're in the world. They are a reality. And again, that congratulatory tweet was all about calling out the World Health Organization. I mean, how can they have North Korea, the least healthy place on earth, uh, there? Anyway, Donald Trump had the World Health Organization's number as well. Look, I feel very badly about the World Health Organization, but it's been a tool of China. It's been, as I say, totally China-centric. You take a look at everything that's happened. They've been wrong. I was all for it at the beginning. What do I know? I walked in. I said, World Health Organization, isn't that wonderful? And then you start to see all the mistakes. They didn't want us to close our borders to China, to Wuhan. 
I love it. I love it. It's right, too. World Health Organization. What's not to like? World Health Organization. Sounds great. And then you learn about them. And then you find out. And, and then you take action like he did. It's great. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. If you suffer from allergies, sinus problems, have mold issues in your home, or you just want to breathe better air, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier can help. It's the best-selling air purifier on the market. It uses proven oxy technology that quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, and more. No more masking odors from trash or cigarette smoke or cat litter boxes with sprays that are full of chemicals. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier sends out O3 molecules which destroy viruses, bacteria, and odors. And I know because I have two in my home, one in the kitchen for obvious reasons, and one in the bedroom. It has really helped us sleep better. Start enjoying your home again. Get several Eden Pure Thunderstorms right now and save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack. Simply go to EdenPureDeals.com and put in discount code GREG to save $200. That's Eden, E-D-E-N, Pure deals.com discount code greg and shipping is free well these are uh some of donald trump's lawyers leaving the justice department today the word is they had a meeting with top doj officials telling them hey are you guys serious you're really going to charge uh, a former president for doing something that wasn't wrong at all uh with the classified documents uh being a lawyer for trump uh, well, it can be kind of dangerous because the DOJ, they'll see a target on your back. Evan Cochran is one of the lawyers who's been involved in this case. Look at what they did to him. Uh, some New York Times reporting here. Uh, after he met with Trump, the report goes like this. Turning on his iPhone one day last year, the lawyer M. Evan Cochran recorded his reflections about a high-profile new job representing former President Donald J. Trump in an investigation into his handling of classified documents. Mr. Corcoran's narration of his recollections covered his initial meeting with Mr. Trump in May last year to discuss a subpoena from the Justice Department seeking the return of all classified materials in the former president's possession, the people said. Government investigators almost never obtain a clear lens into a lawyer's private dealings with their clients, let alone with such a prominent one as Mr. Trump. A recording like the voice memo Mr. Cochran made last year during a long drive to a family event, according to two people briefed on the recording, is typically shielded by attorney, client, or work product privilege. But look at this. The DOJ is looking at the communications between Donald Trump and his own attorney. It seems insane. I do believe it is insane. Joe DeGeneva joins us. He's the former U.S. attorney for Washington, D.C., a Newsmax contributor uh, and former chief counsel to the Senate Rules Committee. Joe, uh, this is kind of heartbreaking and totally weird. What do you think? Well, I read the article and I read the, the comments by the lawyer. Putting aside the legal questions, the comments by the lawyer have all the hallmarks, the classic hallmarks of a lawyer smitten with his new assignment and preparing to write a book. Uh, I, I must say, uh, I, I was somewhat perplexed by the things that were written down or recorded by the lawyer, but that's the way it is. And uh, a federal judge found 
that there was an exception to the attorney-client privilege and decided that the prosecutor had a right to see these notes. So, and that was the end of it. I thought that that attorney-client privilege was supposed to be totally and completely <laughs> sacred. Now, there's something about, well, if they're both involved in fraud, but this is not that kind of case. This is not a mob case. It's not organized crime. Is that judge corrupt, crazy, or both? Well, here's what's happening. This case is about Donald Trump, and so the rules change immediately. I would suggest to you that if the, the president involved in this were Barack Obama, this judge would never have granted this uh, access to these records of Obama's attorney. Because it's Trump, anything goes. And the judges in the District of Columbia do not like Trump. Even the Trump appointees on the District of Columbia bench do not like Trump. And so he doesn't have a chance, no matter what the federal court is anywhere, it's a bad time for the, for the former president of the United States. Uh, by the way, yeah, the Trump-appointed judges, I always hear about, this is a Trump-appointed judge, like that makes a difference or he'll <laughs> get a fair shake. Most of these judges, I would say almost all of them, even if they were Trump-appointed, never actually met Donald Trump. Uh, your experience, would you say I'm right? Yes, maybe on occasion, if it were the Supreme Court uh, a nomination, the president would have met the nominee. But for most uh, judicial nominees on the, the lower federal bench, they never meet the person uh, unless it's something extremely unusual. All right, let's take a look at this Evan Corcoran uh, individual. Um, look, I, I didn't see it the same way you did. Uh, he's probably smitten. He's the lawyer for the president of the United States. It's a big deal. And maybe he keeps a diary. I mean, their records are supposed to be confidential. I don't see it as a big deal. I don't think it, I mean, are they not supposed to even say those kinds of things to themselves or what? Well, you know, Greg, here's what you learn if you're a lawyer in the big time, in the big game. You don't write things down that aren't necessary to write down. And the reason he became a witness was because he wrote down a lot of things that were very interesting to him, very stimulating and evocative and would have made great fodder, in my opinion, for a book. Perfectly fine if you want to write a book. The problem is when you your client is the former president of the United States, you have an obligation to be extremely careful about what you do and how you do it. And when you have a client who is as unpredictable as Donald Trump, and believe me, he is unpredictable as a client, then you have to be even more careful. Now, this is, by the way, I'm not being critical of Mr. Corcoran. This is where we find ourselves. And, uh, you know, the bottom line is when you have an unfriendly judiciary, you need to be extremely careful. So, you know, this is where we are. And it's crazy. And it's so, so sad. It shouldn't be this way. And everybody knows it. Even they know it. But they're doing it anyway. And the <laughs> yes, media is letting them get away with it. The New York Times, they write this all up. Oh, well, you're just in another interesting day in the life of uh, pursuing <laughs> Trump. All right, Joe DeGeneva, you're the best. I think we're all going to see justice some days. may take a while, though. Thank you, sir. I'll be right back. Looks like China really wants to uh, pick a fight with us. Uh, you saw what happened over the weekend. This very close call uh, somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. Chinese warship coming very close. They're not supposed to do that. Uh, but we're weak. That's what they seem to sense. And just the other day, that jet flew right by 
an American reconnaissance aircraft. Look at this. Again, this is not supposed to happen. They're doing this on purpose. And don't forget that balloon that flew over the country that Joe Biden said, no problem. Just uh, let us know when you're done. Then we'll take care of it. It's insane. And uh, our next guest realized that, including Gordon Chang. Look at his last tweet. Pray for your community. Pray for your country. Pray for humanity. We are under relenting, unrelenting attack. I just saw another one a few minutes ago. God help us. Gordon Chang, you're making me worried again. Um, We're joined now by Gordon Chang, author of The Coming Collapse of China, and Blaine Holt, retired Brigadier General, U.S. Air Force. <laughs> Excuse me, gentlemen. Gordon, that thing over the weekend, this is escalating just like you predicted. What are you thinking right now? I'm looking at the next two or three weeks. If we see another of these dangerous intercepts from China, we have to really, really worry. I sense that the Chinese will back off. Maybe it's more hope than just anything else. Um, But we're in a point where we know the Chinese are engaging in very fast preparations to go to war. They're acting belligerently. The Biden administration, um, although it's trying to avoid conflict, is creating incentives for China to act more belligerently. I don't know how this gets more dangerous, Greg. Why, uh, why are they doing this, uh, General Holt? I mean, okay, they want to go to war, but why these little skirmishes that they're starting? Oh, just go back to uh, Sun Tzu's The Art of War. When you are weak, appear strong. And domestically, China couldn't be weaker. The, in 40 cities in China, you've got 2 million businesses that have closed. You've got unemployment skyrocketing. You've got young ones worried about eating. So what do you do? You pick a fight on the global stage with a weak power, and they have selected us because we are projecting nothing but weakness, and we will get more of this if we continue to. The third rail on these intercepts happened at the exact same time at the Shangri-La conference when the the sitting defense minister, the new one, said, if you don't want to see your uh, airplanes harassed, don't fly them here. Well, that's pretty rich considering their red balloon barrage or their balloon barrage over the United States. You know, this is a very dangerous period. And and I I would not be surprised if they ratcheted up from here and probed us even further. Uh, I'd like to play. This is the this is that uh, spokesman who looks very much like a game show host. Sorry, is Admiral Kirby talking about when the two leaders, she and Biden, will speak. Go ahead. At what point does the president pick up the phone, reach out directly with President Xi and say enough? You can't continue these episodes for all the reasons that you talked about earlier. At what point does the president himself get involved in this? We have sent that message directly to uh, the PRC, as I said earlier, through various vehicles, including uh, the conversations that these two officials, one from the NSC and one from the State Department, are having in Beijing as we speak. Um, The president will have another conversation with President Xi, and he'll do that at the appropriate time. Uh, At the appropriate time, at the appropriate time. Um, I I mean, they're not returning our phone calls and that enhances their strength. Right, Gordon? Yes. I mean, we're pursuing them. We're looking like, uh, as Senator Cotton said, sort of like a love struck teenager. And the problem here is that as we plead for communication, that just makes the Chinese more belligerent. I mean, this is just very elemental personal relations 101. And the Biden administration doesn't seem to understand it. As Reuters reported, just a couple days after that spy balloon uh, floated over our country, the State Department postponed actions it had planned to take against China. 
And that now publicly reported, the Chinese now understand they engage in a belligerent act and they get a benefit because we pull back. And so that is more and more incentives for Beijing to act provocatively. And this is a dynamic that the Biden administration just does not understand. And this is the type of thing that can lead to history's next great conflict. Or they understand, I mean, look, Joe Biden has dealings with the Chinese. Hunter has dealings with the Chinese. They don't want him to come out. This is potentially driven by Joe being owned in part by the China, potentially General Blaine. We've got to get to the bottom of that quickly because we're imperiled with an administration and a national security team that answers to China, that doesn't confront China, that answers to them for whatever reason, graft, corruption, doesn't matter. That's a due process thing. But but going back, you know, what John Kirby also said today was uh, he was challenged on why in the world would we have two government officials show up on the anniversary of Tiananmen Square and meet with the CCP and he just brushed it off as, we don't care what date it's going to be. Well, you know what? The Chinese do. Culture yeah. matters. And the Chinese are pinned on dates like that. For them, it was another strength win. Wild. Oh, yeah, that guy standing in front of that tank. All right, General Blaine Holt, thank you very much. Gordon Chang, thank you. Be right back. Thanks. You saw this Lululemon, the yoga pants store, getting robbed down in Atlanta? No. no. Well, the clerks there, understandably, it's just human nature. They try to stop the guys, and they didn't tackle them, but they did try to discourage them, and they said some stuff and got in their way. The clerks were fired. You may have heard about that. Big uproar, and the CEO of the company just said, yeah, they are fired. They're not supposed to do anything when somebody comes in and shoplifts. In this particular case, we have a zero tolerance policy that we train our educators on uh, around engaging uh, during a theft. Why? Because we put the safety of our team, of our guests front and center. It's only merchandise. At the end, they're trained to step back, let the theft occur, know that there's technology and there's cameras and we're working with law enforcement. All right. I get that could be a strategy. It's kind of weak. It's kind of pathetic. Uh, but you could make a case for it. How about uh, giving these employees another chance? All right. More training or something like that. It's human nature. That's a lot to overcome. We want to stop something like that when it happened. I don't like how we use the term zero tolerance for people standing up for themselves or standing up for your store. Oh, by the way. I don't like it. Do you? Hey, how about the Sisters of Indulgence? These crazy creeps from California who have made a mockery of Christianity or at least tried to. They are hideous people. And, you know, they don't support Christianity. They mock it. And now they're going to be guests of honor at the Dodgers. First, the Dodgers said, you can't come. And then there was an uproar. And then they said, of course, you can come to Gay Pride Night, which is coming up pretty soon. And now we hear that the Angels, the Anaheim Angels, will be having the same crew, the same Sisters of Indulgence for their Pride Night, which is coming up in a little bit. The, uh, the mayor of Anaheim has made this possible, and the whole damn thing is disgusting and sad. Thank you very much. Let's have a great week, and I'll see you tomorrow.